it is official. I have deleted my profile on TikTok. And I did that because I found that it was always looming overhead. Like I needed to create content for it, but it's a demanding app that forces you to make your videos on the native video recording software, or it won't promote the video to the larger community. And I found that that was too much to ask. Every piece of content either had to be original or I had to be okay with the floating little TikTok logo on all my videos for other channels. And that was just a level of hostage taking I wasn't comfortable with. It's relevant because my conversation with Jen happened because I discovered her on TikTok. So I do understand that leaving the platform means I might not have the opportunity to rub elbows with some very amazing writers and marketers. Jen Loudon is both. And while we disagree in the main about how to set goals and go about achieving those goals, this conversation is unbelievably fun, vibrant, and lively. And I hope that you find yourself on both sides of the discussion, wanting to do amazing things, but understanding how daunting it is to make unreasonable goals. So I thank you for listening in. Please enjoy my guest, Jen Loudon. Buy her books. There will be links in the show notes. I'll tell you that again later in the episode. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. How daunting really is it to set a goal to sell a million copies of just one book? I think it's very daunting and probably not good for your mind. <laughs> okay. That's I'm great. I'm 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 happy that you you state uh, an opinion on it. So I come from the the perspective that the smaller you set the goals, the less like you likely you are to achieve anything. So I'm completely the opposite end of the spectrum, and I think that'll make for a fun conversation. Where do you see the pitfalls of having ridiculously oversized goals? We attach our self worth to it, and mm-hmm. we get absolutely um, like we lose our momentum. I think for a lot of people's brains, now everybody's brain is different. So I love that your brain works differently because I think that is the most important thing people have to know when they're marketing their books. Everybody out there is going to have an opinion. You've yes. got to experiment with what's going to work for you and you've got to be willing to tweak it. And it's harder to do than it sounds because mm-hmm. you want someone to tell you what the heck to do, right? Like just tell yeah. me what to do to sell my books. For me, because my first books were the most successful books I had and mm. I've sold a million, about a million copies of all my books, not one book, just to mm-hmm. be clear, right. um, that I just got the feeling that that was what was always going to happen. Each of my books was going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies. Yeah. And my first book uh, was doing great. My second book came out, was doing great. And then my third book just did okay. I think, I mean, I think we sold 40 or 50,000 copies of that book and I got really down on myself. So yeah. for me, setting more realistic goals that are a little bit less sales-based and more about what actions can I take on a daily basis. That works better for my brain. 
Yeah. I don't know if I ever uh, offered to connect you with Becky Robinson, but if you, if you don't know of her, she has a podcast called uh, the book marketing action podcast. Sorry, Becky, if I got one word wrong there, Um, but it is, she's a very similar, she wrote a book called reach and her idea is, you know, she wants to be famous to a few. Um, Mm. And so she really thinks about this idea of, uh, impacting the world that she feels that she can impact in the sphere. And she's super into finding that niche, which I share with Becky. And I assume that I share with you as well. The only way that we can really slice this up and and succeed, no matter what our goals are, is if we know exactly who we're made to speak to. And, 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 from and, and, and this is super important to me because I've primarily worked with women for so many decades and this is what I see happening to so many women writers, but guys who are listening, tell me if this is true for you. It's not being able to own what you want and why you're marketing, writing the book and why you're marketing the book. And mm, it's so easy to get swept away. Well, like so-and-so did this. And so I should want this too. And I am completely guilty of this. I've done this mm. so many times and having to being, being able to be strong enough to come back to our own desires and say, no, what I really want is exactly what you said that mm. Becky wants, right? I want to have Becky or Betsy. Becky. Yep. Becky. Becky. Robinson. Okay. Good. Yeah. I should have just gone with that. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, I want to have this impact or with these people. Like I know mm-hmm. that as a, as a writing coach, I want to work with people who, whose ideas are going to impact other people. Yeah. So whether it's a, a diabetes um, instructor that I worked with educator, right. Who had some really amazing stories and ideas to, for people who are living long-term with diabetes. Um, diabetes, or whether it's climate change people, or that's what gets me excited. So I think we have to know what we want. Yeah, absolutely. As well as, as well as who we want to reach. That is also equally important. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying. There is a distinction between why we set out to do what we did and, and who we want to reach with it. And I think both of those questions are similar. I just had a really great author on the show. It actually came out today. Parastu um, Madwani, pronouncing her name wrong again, Madawi. And, and she was really like, she knows what she wants. She read Michelle Obama's book and it impacted her in a massive way. And it set her on a journey to write her own memoir. And then she just sees where Michelle Obama is today and thinks my book is for everyone. Cause there's mm-hmm. nobody who couldn't go into the bookstore and pick up Michelle's book and read it and, and be like, Oh, I'm leaving with something really impactful. Mm-hmm. But that's because of her journey from a small neighborhood of Chicago to the first lady of the United States and far beyond just being first lady. I mean, she's a powerhouse. And so she's applicable now to everyone, but it started small. And I think that that's where I think a lot of people flip the script and think, mm-hmm. oh, I wrote this book that was applicable to everybody and it touched me. And so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see that kind of sabotaging our success? Oh, well, as when I'm helping someone write a book, if they say they want to write to everyone, my heart sinks because it, yes, I love that when that happens for one of my clients. I love that's when it's happened for me in the past. I love it when somebody completely different than I thought of picks up a book. Yeah. But I think we should write to a type of reader and we should market to a type of reader. And they are not a, um, they're not a demographic. They're mm-hmm. a psychographic. I think I got that right. I always get those terms mixed up, but they have the same desire and they yeah. have the same obstacle. And then when we're 
building that, we're baking that into our book, it's so much easier to go, okay, where are those people hanging out on Facebook? Where, mm. what podcasts are those people listening yes. to, et cetera? Love it. Yeah. And when we have everyone in mind, I mean, how are you going to market a book to everyone? You are not Michelle Obama. <laughs> she really can market a book to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One of those reasons actually just comes down to finances. You know, you have the mm -hmm. money to be able to advertise. And I think that that's also lost on a lot of people at the beginning of the journey is yes. one of the reasons you see some books so much is because they're advertised with a million dollars behind them or two million or five million dollars behind them. Uh, you've got to play the game a little bit differently if you want to get to that point. Absolutely. People don't realize that Michelle Obama is a brand. She is the mm -hmm. most successful brand now, probably mm -hmm. one of the most successful brands in the world. I just yeah. saw that her, her new book is coming out. Yeah. And uh, Stephen King is a successful brand. Jody mm -hmm. Picoult is a successful brand. Um, James Clear is a successful brand. The rest of us. Jen probably, Loudon is a successful brand. Yeah, more so in my first 15 years when I was publishing <laughs> and I was, okay. you know, I was on a lot of big media and I was, brands hired me all the time. I really made the switch probably about 15 years ago to say, I want to pick me and I want to create more of a business. And so I went much more into yeah. education and, and, and now into writing coaching. So yeah. they're both cool. They're both wonderful. You know, right. But I also couldn't sustain that after year after year. Sure. Talk to me about that a little bit, because that's not the answer I would have expected from you. And I'll tell you a little bit why. Mm -hmm. I, I ran into you on TikTok for, for uh, this is everybody's mm -hmm. first time hearing about mm -hmm. kind of the way that we ran into each other. But instantaneously, let me tell you exactly my impression. You were wearing glasses, which you're not today, but you were wearing glasses and, and they had kind of like a bookish feel to them. And exactly there <laughs> they are. And you had your hair pulled back and you had this friendly just really, I, I, I'm going to say loving sense. Like when I watched mm. your video, I felt you exuding love to the writing community. And I was like, I had been searching through TikTok for a long time to find somebody kind of like you. And so I was just thrilled. Um, I think I did a, 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 I can't remember exactly what the you word is for the video. Me. I stitched you. I, stitched. <laughs> I was like, this lady, you've got to listen to her. Whatever <laughs> she's doing, it's awesome. And uh, so for me, that's very much brand. Like I felt your brand in an instant, which means mm. you're real clear on what you're doing. And to me, that is brand. Um, you might not be at the, the size of some of the other brands you mentioned, but I think you are. Now, you feel like you walked away from it a little bit. And I'm really curious why you felt you couldn't sustain mm. Jen Loudon brand. I didn't have any more ideas to write more books. Mm. I wrote a book every year and a half, two years for years. Wow. And I just ran out of stuff to say. And then I took a long time off. I published The Life Organizer in that time. I did a mm. book on uh, assignment for National Geographic because briefly the head of National Geographic was a friend and she had an assignment. And mm. I said, I can't, I've never done a book in assignment. I'm not going to do that. She's like, oh, come on, come on. You're one. It's going to sell a whole ton of copies. It didn't sell yeah. a whole ton of copies, but still it's yeah. fun to say I did a book for National Geographic. Then my publisher for The Life Organizer wanted me so badly to write another book that they brought out a new edition of the life organizer just to keep it alive. But yeah. I still just didn't have another book in me. I wrote a lot of books that failed. Mm. Um, now I still had a very successful business going during that yeah. time, but my actual creative, what I went through about 10 years of being lost and finally came out with my last book two years mm. ago, why bother? I don't have another idea for a book. Yeah. And that to me is where my integrity lies, Jody. My integrity lies. Mm. And I only write a book if I feel like this is actually worth your time yeah. and is going to offer you something. And mm. 
And so that that's it, you know, so keeping up the branding of teaching and keeping up the branding of leading retreats and writing, coaching, all that, that's fun. But yeah. keeping up the brand of Jen is the self-help person who mm. I just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could do it without books, but there's just, I don't know. I've been doing it for since 1992, my friend. It's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you. Um, I'm, I, I started am... when I was 12, everybody, really. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yes. Uh, you, you, honestly, I believe that if you told me you, you don't look, you don't look a day older than me and I'm, I'm uh, you know, still in my thirties. So okay, thank um. you. I love you. You can have anything you want. <laughs> Um, so I, I am curious and I wish I could remember her name right now because she's having sort of a, a late life renaissance um, and it's just not coming to me. She's in the nonfiction area. She's kind of very much self-help as big as they get. And I can't think of her name. Give me an idea what she writes about. It, I mean, it really is a lot of self-help. So she's been on the, the armchair expert show with Dax several different times. Um, there's some psychology there's some some is, kind of like mindset stuff, really. I mean, it's somewhat similar. It's just a little broader yeah. than the book world. Why can I not think yeah. of her name? Well, I'm not going to waste too much airtime with this, but <laughs> I, I was thinking of her and I guess another person who would be similar to her, but he's had a longer career and he's more faith-based, but John Maxwell would be another one mm-hmm. who just has, I think he's written 60 books last I knew. Um, one thing you said that I always wonder about, I think I've read one John Maxwell when I was a young, young man, young man. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't reach me personally, mm-hmm. but he's doing something for people. And sometimes I wonder if there's an internal sense in us that we have nothing to give, but that other people still have something to receive from us. I'm curious about your thoughts there. Jody, that is a beautiful question. And I think that the people who read my newsletter or in, or in my membership site or whatever would say that they'd be like, what do you mean? You give us stuff every week. Yeah. yeah. So I do think that can be completely true. But, and I do think that lots of authors listening, you can be motivated by seeing something that other people want or that is missing in the marketplace. Mm. And you can respond to that beautifully and authentically. I've never been able to do it. Like when I used to write, I used to write a national magazine column. And the, when the, the magazine that hired me to do it, neither what magazine exists anymore, um, they read my newsletter. And they loved it. And so they said, we want you to write personal essays about these subjects. I had a blast. Then that magazine got bought by Martha Stewart. And then after, and they said, no, we want you to write an advice column. Oh my God. Every month. It was so painful. I think I lasted two years. They finally fired me. They fired me. Okay. (laughs) Because I was like, they're like, you write the same thing over and over again. I'm like, well, yeah, probably. (laughs) So I just think it's how are we motivated by our creative process? This is some of the most important stuff that's been said on my podcast. And so I, I am not willing to walk away from it. You're touching on something that I think a lot of a lot of people who have written a book out there are still really struggling with because mm. they're they're saying things like, oh, you know, my book is just not selling. Um, you know, mm. I I had people promise me that they would read it and review it and they never did it. Oh. And I know exactly <laughs> things that hurt and you're in the middle of it and feeling like, why is this not successful? And I think there's at least a possibility at some point that we're being dishonest with ourselves about what we really want. Um mm. I, I think you somehow have had this superpower of being really honest with yourself and saying, I don't want this. I don't mm-hmm. want to be the million copy selling author. And, and so I see that, that I am really passionate about coaching other women to have their success. How did that happen for you? Is it harder than it sounds like? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 
And, and I, I hope this is not ahead in your life, but definitely so many people somewhere in their 40s or 50s, for me, it was my 40s, go through a hard, dark time. And it was, you know, my dad had was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. My husband, my first husband was diagnosed with cancer at the same time. You know, I went through the losing the magazine column. I was, I used to do a lot of work for brands. I got fired by a brand because they had a hostile takeover. Like it was just... Oh. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm I'm not even touching on. There's so many things, and then we got a divorce, right? So it was a yeah. several years of hell. And I think when we go through those periods, which most of us do, but I hope mm-hmm. everybody listening never does, mm-hmm. that it it really does start that. What do I really want? And and that reconsidering. And I want to be clear: yeah. being a successful author and being on cool book tours and being on Oprah and all of that, super cool. Yeah. But I'm the one that has to look in the mirror in the morning. I'm the one that has to say, am I excited about this? And when I can't write something, I can't write it. I wish I yeah. could. I wish I was somebody who could just be like, okay, I see the need in the marketplace. Let's turn it mm-hmm. out, you know, because, yeah. but I can't. And I, and I think it's great if you can. Yeah. So I, I just, think it's dark night of the soul aging and the way I'm built. Yeah. I, you, you said a couple of things. One, you said, I hope that anybody listening doesn't have that time. Um, this is, this is part of my brand or part of who I am. I hope everybody listening does have one of them and I hope that they emerge through it with Stronger. a life lesson. Yeah. Like the one that you're talking about, you're, you're going to have a, an inflection point at that moment mm-hmm. when you experience the worst thing you could imagine. Um, for me, that's actually my character defects. And I went through at least one version of it in my twenties where uh, I went into a, a work situation up in Alaska and things went wrong. I found myself sitting sitting at a bar. A little bit later, I find myself sitting in a jail cell. A little while later, I have to call my wife who I've only been married to for two years and explain um, how long I've been lying to her about some addiction issues and things that were going on in my life. Mm. And that was an inflection point for me. And I know I will have more. I will. Um, But that was a moment where I got to choose like, who's the man that I want to be? Who's the person Mm -hmm. that I want to be? And how do I want to show up to the world? Mm -hmm. Um, I've had more of those. and, And I'm grateful for it as much as I'm embarrassed. I talk a little bit about it in the, in my forthcoming book and it, I was reading through it and just like, can I really share this with the world? Can I tell the world that this happened to me? Because it's, it makes me look really bad and mm-hmm. I hate looking bad. I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably common to most people. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but those stories, you know, when we share those stories, that's how we heal other yeah. people. And that's one of the things as, as deeply gross and destructive to democracy as social media is. I do think the bright side has been mm. so people who find their people can feel less alone when people are really honest. Yeah. And when I wrote, when I wrote White Bother has a lot of those stories about my dark, that dark time in my, in my life and other dark moments. And my husband did not read the book until it was ah. finished and he is in the book. So we are laying in bed and he is, the book is going to come out very soon and he's reading the book and I'm, he's making noises and he's having reactions <laughs> and I'm yeah. laying next to him like, Oh shit. Oh shit. And there's nothing in it. He doesn't know, but. And, and at the end, he's like, he comes out incredible, right? Mm. And when, when we're writing about other people in our lives, they, you know, we come out awful, but he, he comes yeah, out yeah. like, everybody loves Bob. <laughs> That's what we say. Everybody <laughs> yeah. loves Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those stories matter. They really they do. do. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're sharing those. And I, yeah. I, I, you're right. We all have them. And it, it, are we willing to get the help and be honest with ourselves about who, who do we want to be? 
Next. Next. Yeah. Something, something very amazing happens when you're honest with yourself exactly about who you want to be next. I love Mm -hmm. that focus on looking forward to the future because there's a, it it is very easy to stay focused on the past. Um, Oh God, it is something I've done. Regret is a dangerous, dangerous uh, mm -hmm. substance to take in every day, right up there with whatever else we get addicted to. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's something I, I wonder if you have thoughts on. I know that uh, I'm asking you potentially something you haven't really experienced at a deeper level, but there's something for me about realizing I have a choice to either be obsessed and addicted with my work and mm. my ability to achieve in the world, or I get obsessed and addicted to something that kind of takes me down and destroys me and my family and the people around me. So that's where I get the idea that being obsessed with selling a million copies of, of every book that I publish is a worthwhile goal because the worst thing that happens is that I don't use drugs anymore, that I don't use alcohol anymore because I'm so obsessed with that and they are at odds. Like the two cannot exist in the same universe. Right. If I make a manageable goal, I will achieve that goal. And when I achieve that goal, how am I going to celebrate with a glass of champagne is my yeah, guess. Yeah. I do think when we have an addictive personality, it's good to find ways to replace our bad addictions with better addictions, but we still have to be monitoring them, right? Otherwise we yeah. become a dry drunk. So. Yeah. And that's such a, that's an interesting one. I've been to, I've been to AA before and I'm, I'm starting to question the, the dry drunk. This is just you and I having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I have struggled with addiction, but yeah. not on that, not on a huge level. Yeah. I not really, on a life and you know, yeah, ruining yeah. my life level. Just <laughs> yeah. in that, wow, that was too much wine. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've struggled too with, with food. I am one of the worst mm. in, in yo-yo diets. Like I go from mm-hmm. being 185 pounds, which I think is really healthy, healthy for my size to mm-hmm. 260 pounds and then back mm-hmm. down, up and down. It's There's a lot of things. And if you take your eye off of any of them, they seem to just sort of creep up and attack you a little bit. Um, yeah. I think people listening are experiencing that and they're thinking, wait a sec. So you're telling me that I'm an author and a marketer and uh, a social media guru and, 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 and talk a little bit about that. Cause I know that you've had that experience of like, this is too much to one person can't possibly do it. Yeah. Well, I do. I have had help for 20 years, you know, running my business and while I firmly, firmly believe I was just telling a client this yesterday, you cannot outsource you. You mm. have to know what, for example, in marketing, you have to know what your plan is. And then you can say, please make my convert kit, talk to my website, talk to, you know, please put this pixel on the, you know. Mm. But if you, every time I've seen a client say, I can't be bothered with that. I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to throw money at it. Everything in my body contracts. It doesn't work. Mm. You have to be the plan, the voice, Mm. the integrity, the energy, just to be woo-woo for a minute, the energy behind what you're doing. And then you can learn things, you can outsource things, but they need to be very specific. Um, So I have had help to do everything I've done. But anytime I've tried, for example, to hire a copywriter or to hire someone who's Mm. going to do my social media for me, zip, doesn't work. Now, Mm. I'm not saying other people might not have enough, either good luck hiring somebody or enough of an idea of what they're doing. Um, And then I think the first answer to your question or the second answer is that you got to choose, right? You got to choose where are you going to be and what are you going to do? And you've got to test and you've got to have some kind of feedback coming in 
Because that's the other thing. See, I see clients make this mistake over and over again. Oh, I'm just going to run Facebook ads. I'm like, whoa. Okay, first of all, Facebook ads are really complex. Second of all, they're changing mm. constantly. And third, they've gotten really, really expensive because of the changes of Apple. So let's talk about what you're going to get out of these Facebook ads and what are you approaching them, you know? Yeah, I love this. And I love the, the mindset piece that you're touching on is that there is a place where we're going to put our energy and mm-hmm. there's a place where we can outsource our energy and we have to figure out the right line. So go ahead and get like a little bit more granular, dive a little mm-hmm. bit deeper onto what's the biggest return on your energy. If you're going to put your mind's whole self into it, where should you spend that time? It depends on your genre and it depends on what you want. Yeah. So someone who's writing fiction in their mid, yeah, and you and I were talking about this when mm-hmm. we were just chatting. The series, a series of novels is going to do so much better, like with maybe book bub ads. When yeah. I tried to do book bub ads for my single book, Why Bother? I got nothing. Mm. I mean, I learned and I studied and I tried, and it's like it's not working for self help and it wasn't working for, for that book in particular. And I don't think it was working for having a single book. Now, other people may have a different experience. I couldn't crack the code. I bought, I bought the course. You know, I studied it. Um, so you really have to, that's experiment, but you really have to go, well, what am I, where are my people? Hmm. And, and what, and then we have to be willing to start really small. Like we had decent success with Facebook ads with the free chapter before the Facebook ads changed. Um, but then getting those people to actually buy the book, it's so hard to track, right? Yeah. It's so hard to track. We knew we could get them on our list, but then mm-hmm. did they actually buy the book? I'm not sure. Yeah. Now this is a question I, just out of um, naivety, I don't know the answer to. If you, if you put that Facebook ad out there and somebody responds to it, uh, how hard is it to follow up? Does their information then become your information or do you not have access? Is there like a wall between you? Well, it depends. So for us, we were right. We were um, giving away a free chapter, but mm-hmm. to get the chapter, they had to join my email list. Okay, perfect. There, there was no, it wasn't just someplace where they could go get it. Yeah. So we could see, we could track, okay, we're spending, you know, a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. let's say, per person that's joining the list. After yeah. that, it gets harder because it's really hard to track where they're buying the book. Absolutely. Um, so you can do some general things. People will be like, you're not supposed to put an Amazon link in a Facebook ad, but there's a couple ways around it that you may not get caught. Mm-hmm. And then you can <laughs> see, oh, my sales went up for that week. That's about what you're going to get. Or if you're not doing Amazon, if you're doing um, another site, you know, yeah. again, same, you might be able to get the same general information, but you're not yeah. going to know specifically. So talk to me a little bit too about follow-up. I'm, I'm trying to touch on some subjects that I know you have a lot of experience mm-hmm. with, because like you said, overall your books, you have sold a million. Um, one of the things that has been most valuable for me is follow-up. And I've been able to do that really successfully ultimately through Twitter, uh, because Twitter still is pushing me out pretty, pretty widely. But You're doing um, great on Twitter. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, but so one of the things that's really great is that I can then identify some people who I see really regularly. There are some cool tools out there that tell me who's deepest into my sphere and really orbiting around my content. And I can follow up with those people and turn them into super fans just by loving on them. Which is mm-hmm. what, what you did a little bit with TikTok is you're loving on people. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many people you ultimately sort of are at right now there, but in general, I'm willing to guess you have at least a thousand people who really love your content. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, gr- I love the videos I make there, but they're not getting any traction. I can't yeah. figure out why. Across all your channels, your books, your yeah. coaching, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and 
Well, as, as much as I don't think that the thousand true fans thing is necessarily like the, the, the bar to set, I think there's something to it. Um, and follow-up is how you do that. So talk to me about your strategy, your thought process when you're following up with people, how you take it deeper, but keep it at a business level. Mm, that's something I'm terrible at. <laughs> I aim to get better at because I have had the one-to-many model for my whole business. It's always been about volume, volume of books, volume of courses, volume of members. Mm. And this year we are ending that model and we are switching to small, uh, what me to few, to doing more high-end clients um, and high-end events. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to get good at this. And I don't, you know, so I'm starting to read and I'm starting to learn, but Mm. I'll be looking at what you do, but I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at nurturing my relationships with 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 key famous people yeah. that I've been friends with. I'm terrible at following up with clients who've been clients on and off for years. So this is going to be a big learning curve for me in the next um, yeah. part of my my career. Yeah. So um, if you're willing to, I'd love to hear your thought process. If you're terrible at it, it's because you don't like it or you mm-hmm. forget about it. So talk to me mm-hmm. about what it feels like to follow up with and why you maybe choose not to more often than you choose to. Okay. Well, you were honest about your addiction. So I'll be honest <laughs> about this. So I loved being a big deal. I loved being special. And so I got the feeling that I didn't have to do that. Oh. That was the kind of thing that someone who hadn't been successful did. Wow. So it's been super, it's, it's like I'm recreating my brain to yeah. be like, this is the work I really want to do. And so I have to have a new story about it. This is wonderful work. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out to so-and-so and saying, hey, you've said several times in your course that gets thousands of people that I'm your writing mentor. Hmm. Would you be willing to actually recommend, you know, and that's so humbling for me, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, 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 it's making that switch. I don't have to make the switch. I could still have the, the few to the one to many model. I'm tired yeah. of it. I'm tired sure. of launching. I'm tired mm-hmm. of, you know, hi, hi, yeah. here I am. I'm just done. Um, I mean, I'll yeah. still do some of it for sure, but um, I really mm-hmm. l- want those deeper relationships with people. So it's going to require me to change my story about myself. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so, so much for sharing. That's not actually what I expected you to say. And so that makes it even more powerful. Esther Perel, by the way, popped right into my head while we were talking. That's who I was talking about earlier, Esther Perel. Oh, perfect. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she's been big for a while. I know she has, but she yeah. kind of had a later career renaissance. And right yeah. now she's as big she's as they huge. get. She's like it's pretty true. much Oprah at this point. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> so, she has. It's uh, really interesting to watch her grow, grow, grow after that yeah. long. Like, oh, yeah, Esther Perel. Yeah, exactly. She, I mean, yeah. and, and I think you were probably even aware of her sooner than I was. That's something to do with how our culture has split men and women uh-huh. and chosen to tell us that we are supposed to be in a lane or something. Um, wow. Wow. I want to get back to feeling like you should be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I know somebody listening right now is thinking to himself or herself or themselves, I think I'm a big deal and it's not happening for me. What the F is going on? Mm. And that's not exactly what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, but it's a great question. What uh, is going on? Yeah. Okay. So 
you just said something about splitting men and women. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about how we are all now in bubbles. So someone listening doesn't know who Esther Perel is. You're going to go look her yeah. up, but you are not in her bubble. Her bubble hasn't mm-hmm. intersected you. Michelle Obama's bubble intersects almost everybody. That has become <laughs> very rare. When yeah. I was coming up in the early 90s and starting, you know, with my first books and everything, there were fewer bubbles. If you got on certain talk shows, if you got in certain, I mean, I used, you know, I, I was in newspapers that don't exist anymore. I wrote for magazines that don't exist anymore. It was much easier to be in many more bubbles or spheres. Hmm. It's much harder now. It's a much noisier, much more fragmented world. And that means that the ability to sell a lot of books has become a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. And knowing the facts will make it easier to depersonalize it. The other thing I see over and over and over again is people quit way too soon. Say it again. People quit way too soon. They quit way too soon. I marketed Why Bother, my first self-published book. I've been published by Big Five and big independents and and, all different kinds of publishers. I decided I wanted to try self-publishing and do do the whole thing. I worked my butt off for (laughs) over a year. I think we've sold 12,000 copies. Yeah. I worked so hard. Yeah. You know, I worked every day to pitch podcasts to, you know, to, you know, you name it. I was out mm-hmm. there doing it. So I think it's just really difficult to, and this it's, was a book that was in, I mean, I, I'm still in bookstores. I still have book reps still know who I am. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a, a concept that I have been kind of playing with a little bit. It's part of the book that I have coming out for marketing. And it's the idea that we need to be able to pivot quickly. So when mm. we see something that's not working, so, and, and this will get back a little bit to the TikTok conversation. You and I both, I think, are pivoting away from it a little. I don't, maybe that's changed so. since, since yeah. we last talked, but I'm, I, I'm keeping it alive on uh, life support, sort of. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be there yeah, enough too. that I don't disappear. But the importance of pivoting when you realize something's not working is it's really hard to teach. You can tell someone to do it, but it's one of the hardest things to teach because it's dynamically tied in with that idea you were just talking about, about people quit too soon. Mm-hmm. But it's also yeah. dynamically quit, di- dynamically, excuse me, tied in with who we think we are. Right. So let, I Say have a perfect more. story of this. Yeah, please. My book was supposed to come out in May of 2020. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I had an entire book tour, an old fashioned oh. book tour plan, because I had these memories of filling bookstores with people and connecting. And I'm like, my email list is going to love it if I go out on the road. And I have this whole, um, there's a wonderful organization called happy women dinners and she was going to host dinners in all these different cities and i had i had gone down the rabbit hole of planning a tour we were trying we're starting to get media support for it i was just i was i laid in my bed for two weeks i was Mm. like what the actual do i do now (laughs) i could pivot because my story was this is how it's gonna go Mm. and more than that jody my first book the woman's comfort book partially became a bestseller because the timing no one else had written a mainstream Mm. book about self-care but i toured for three months with that book Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. parents ford tourist station wagon (laughs) yes i drove the welling wagon around the u.s for like nine thousand miles yeah. Doing workshops and book signings from two, five people in a basement in a YMCA wow. to, you know, 200 people and, you know, whatever. And I was going to recreate that. So I had this whole story mm. in my head. That's how Why Bother is going to 
pop. That's yeah. how we're going to sell 50,000 copies the first year, like I did with my first book. Yeah. So when that dream, that fantasy went away and it was totally a fantasy, I didn't know what to do. Right. So I think a lot of it is what we set ourselves up for. That's why it's hard to pivot. I have the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be on TikTok. It's going to be incredible. And I'm like, why is this not popping? Everybody, everybody says, and I had this wonderful conversation just recently with somebody that I met for the first time. Uh, and, and she was saying, you really have to be on TikTok. I sell so many books through TikTok. And I, I don't know what the difference is because she's, um, she's, a couple decades older than me and uh, has just jumped on TikTok and boom, it just popped for. Her. So mm-hmm. that's the other hard part. It's like, you even said it, Hey, it works for you. Why is it, yeah, what, what in the world? Why is it working for you and not me? I know. Um, so it is a lot of mindset. I think pivot is behind it. it yeah. It's being willing to go in and go, I had all of these fantasies and dreams or hopes or expectations. And a lot of times they're not super conscious, right? Yeah. They're sort of fuzzy in the backgrounds. So we have to, out ourselves. And then we have to go, okay. And it's humbling again, that Mm -hmm. word humble and go, okay, this is not working. Wow. All right. And it may take longer than we think to make that pivot. But I think that's, I think it's, it's a hard, it's hard to market. It's hard to try the different things. It's hard to keep learning the different things. You know, I mean, I put a lot of time into like learning book bub ads that didn't work. Right. You get pissed or you put time in hours and hours and hours in TikTok and you're like, ah, yeah. I could have been, I could have been doing so many more useful things. Exactly. Right. So there's yeah. a lot of self-forgiveness. There's a lot of, I think, inner work to make those pivots. Yep. At okay. Least for so me. to of me too, huge, 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 huge. And that's actually my, I, I have two questions, if I can remember the other one, but on the subject of pivot, there is something going on. And I, I have to assume this has happened for you as well. And a lot of people who listen, there's safety in something that's kind of working. And so you're too slow to abandon it because it's yeah. kind of working. Yeah. Um, th- that would be for me. When I first started Twitter, a lot of people who know me well know my story. I was literally spending six to eight hours a day on Twitter. I was wow. really putting all of everything in and it was kind of working to build where nothing else had even sort of worked. And Mm -hmm. so it became clear to me at a certain point, I need to pivot right now, even though this is kind of working at this rate, my show will be monetized. My book will not be selling anything in about five years. Mm -hmm. I'll have a hundred thousand followers. Great. But they won't be active like fans of Jody and what he's doing. That pivot took me too long. It took me Mm -hmm. too long to make because I tied some of my identity into Mm -hmm. a, the follower count, but B just like it's kind of working. And if I don't do this, it's nothing is working. So what do you do? And, and do you have a moment like that in your, your career? No, oh, yeah. That book tour thing was exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. I'm exactly. like, okay, I can't actually go on book tour. Right. What yeah. am I going to do? Uh, uh, I have nothing. I mean, I should have gone on TikTok right then. Yeah. Someone yeah. suggested it and I didn't do it. Right. So yeah. I think maybe a couple of the things that would really help in a time like that is having another professional writer that you can talk to or a coach, Mm, someone who can help you work through or your therapist who can help you work through like, why am I attached to this? What am Mm. I expecting to get out of? What fears do I have if I leave this? Yes. You know, I mean, I'm like that with TikTok right now. I'm like, okay, I'm barely posting. It's not getting anywhere. Why don't you just leave it alone? I'm like, but, 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 but something mm-hmm. could happen. Maybe I'll try something different. Right. Know, so it's beginning to interrupt those thoughts and go, well, what is the actual ROI I'm looking for? Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think, I think that that is, 
if anybody gets anything and there's so much, I don't know how you couldn't have already gotten a thousand things and shared this episode everywhere because you, you are just dropping so much knowledge on the whole industry and, and the thought process behind it and the honesty that it takes. But if nothing else, like take away from that, that we're all vulnerable to, to mm. this. What do we do? Our identities tied up in this mm-hmm. in a really big way. And comparing ourselves to others, which is what you so brilliantly yeah. said. Why is it working for her? I'm doing yeah. the exact same thing she's doing. Like, <laughs> Are you yeah. all right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I've already taken a little bit more of your time than I promised. I told you 34 minutes exactly, and we are at we are at 40 <laughs> minutes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you wrap up by by at sharing with my audience how they can find you. Um, but if you'll permit me one more question, Absolutely. I want to I want to ask you. Um, you talked about having a mentor, somebody that you can for everybody out there right now who who says I don't have enough money to hire mm-hmm. a mentor. Yeah, it's expensive. Talk, it, it is expensive. Talk to me about. And this is this is difficult because people are going to hear and be like, "Well, I can't, I can't do it." But talk to me about why why you should find the money to do it anyway. Well, I think I never want people to go into debt, right? The people who sell stuff and say, "Oh my God, you should take out money from your four hundred one k," it just makes me right. In fact, I had someone take a course from me this year, and they took money out of the four hundred one k, and I asked them not to, and then they explained Mm. to me why they were doing it and why it was okay. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but yeah, other like I'll give it to you. Um, so I don't think we should ever go into debt. I think that that uh, thinking of it as an investment isn't a great way. It's an expense. It's an expense yeah. that you may or may not make back. So that's really important mindset. <laughs> if I work specifically with people who usually have some kind of ROI, they're like, I'm a thought leader. So this getting this book out is going to help me with my speaking engagements. Or mm-hmm. this is, I'm already a really ex- uh, um, successful uh, executive coach or, you know, um, trainer, or I'm trying to think of some of my clients, um, uh, yeah, anyway, my mind is going blank. And this is going to help me with my business. I need this to hand to my clients. So I mm-hmm. really think that the, what you have to do for yourself is go, what am I getting out of this? What do I want out of this? And if it is your soul and your creativity, those matter too. Yeah. And what I find for people who are writing fiction, because I work with nonfiction people pretty much exclusively, is that the fiction people, the ROI is, gonna, is a lot harder. It's a lot harder mm. to get it back. So on the other hand, I see fiction people just doing willy-nilly courses everywhere, and they're not really building a narrative that works. So if you're going to spend resources, spend it on building a book that has narrative drive. Mm. I love the science of storytelling. I love story genius. Um, And I think there's a lot of good free resources or inexpensive resources out there. Yeah. There are. For me, spending money has been the, the most important thing that I've done. Um, I, I do go so far as, and I, by the way, don't offer any courses. So, and yeah. I, I don't ever see myself offering anything that'll cost more than $20. Um, well, maybe the book hardcover will, but anyways, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to, nobody will have to go into debt for anything that I ever sell yeah. because that's a core thing for me. At the same time, I've spent um, $7,000 on, on mm-hmm. different things, $10,000 on other things to learn and figure out. And there are things that are way more expensive. I mean, you want to learn from Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah. wow. That's like most people's house. Um, right. But and that's wrong. I think, and I think he's horrible. And I'm just going to say that right now. And I that's okay. That man. That's totally fine. I know very little about him. I know some about courses. He's misogynistic and, and just yeah. awful. And nobody should charge you what it costs to buy your house. Yeah. So there's my opinion. 
And I'm glad I'm glad you said <laughs> it. And I'm you. sorry that I picked somebody. I'm sorry no, that I picked okay. somebody that's that way. But yeah. I would I would say that a mindset that I would encourage people to shift in, and maybe even you at some point think about it after this conversation is if I spend $100,000 on something that teaches me how to make $200,000, then I actually made $100,000 oh, and became a better person. It's just that I but find so many of those people who are selling at that level mm-hmm. are full of shit. They're, yeah. excuse me for saying that if you're listening with your kid, they are, they are selling you a dream that doesn't exist mm. that you cannot recreate. Now, if you do writing coaching with me, I can't guarantee you're going to get a book deal. I can't do that. Nobody can do that. Right. So you could invest $5,000 with me or or $10,000 with me to work with me over six months. You're going to learn. You're going to write a much better book. You're going to learn a ton about writing. I'm going to give you my heart, but I can't guarantee you're going to make money back on that. Yeah. I, I, the, the one that I mentioned that I spent $7,000 on, I walked away uh, with two slightly novel ideas that I'm convinced I would have known within three months of taking that course. <laughs> so by the time they no longer were coaching me, I, I would have figured it out on my own. And I'm okay with that because there are some other things that it did for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's an expense that I was willing to make. I'm not telling anyone to go out and spend the money. Yeah, I just, I, there's a good there's conversation. A it yeah, is. it's important. So, and I, I am, I have been too cheap in my business at times and oh, not gotten have. the help that I needed. And other times I've been like, oh, let's do that. And I'm like, what was I thinking? So it's hard. Yeah, it's really right. hard. Yep. I, I think finding people with have. a, yeah, a ton of it, a pe- finding people you really trust with mm-hmm. a ton of experience who aren't using sales tactics yeah. to get you to part with your money are important. Yes. Oh man. I, I almost am so tempted to talk about like the whole false urgency and all of that. Oh kind of yes. Stuff that makes me yeah. So Anybody angry. who's like this digital product, you can, it's going to go away and you can never exactly. have it again. It's like, it's a digital product. It's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. This pre-recorded webinar. Thank you yes. very much. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you, yes. the services that you do offer. Yeah. <laughs> I just made it so hard for you to sell your product. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I'm at jenniferloudin.com and it's spelled just like it sounds Loudin. <laughs> um, and I, all of my programs are ending. So um, however, something that we're going to be offering next year, I offered writing retreats for 20 years and they are phenomenal and famous and they always sell out. So there, you can get on the list for that if you go under retreats. And if you're on that list, you'll also be the one to know about the new workshop that's coming out soon. And it's going to be start your nonfiction book, find your hook. And it's going to be three days to really plan out your book and really get it started. Um, and then that and individual coaching. And I'm all full for this year, but we're taking people for next year. Perfect. I have to tell you, I am so inspired by you as a person. I'm so oh, thrilled <laughs> that we connected and really, really glad for the work that you're doing and the pivot that you have made uh, is going to enrich a lot of women's lives. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for your time today. It's great. Ah, oh, Jody, thank you so much for saying that. I'm really, um, I'm so touched that you picked up on the loving. Of, I'm, a, I'm a loving person and I hope that I'm really glad are. that comes through and it, it's a really important part of how I work with people. So I thanks yeah. for seeing me and yes. it's great to be connected and everybody don't give up that's right don't <laughs> give up thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's show do me a big favor right now click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on that way you'll get notifications every time i drop a new episode and if you still can't get enough 
you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.